Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome to Series 2 of Urban Health Podcast, Keeping Busy People Healthy. I'm Holin Sarnatetik, image consultant at Urban Health, specializing in makeovers, wardrobe styling, and surgical and non-surgical cosmetic procedure. Today, we have Lena Fenton, a fully qualified couples therapist, sex therapist, and psychosexual therapist working in Leeds and online. She has been working with individuals and couples for over 25 years, developing strategies for overcoming past traumas that affect the way that they connect emotionally and sexually with each other. Lena, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Hello. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Okay, so um, I work, I'm a specialist working with couples in the areas of emotional and sexual intimacy. I've been working um, for about 25 years in private practice. The first 10 years of my practice was actually specializing in working with adults who have been um, abused either as children or um, sexually abused either as children or as adults. Uh Um, I then kind of progressed my work into couples work because I realized that actually these kinds of traumas do impact very much on intimate relationships. Um, so um, that, that's how my work progressed into um, specialising into couples work. Mm-hmm. So uh, what attracted you to couples counselling? Well, couples counselling um, is, is where we work in, in a threesome, if you like, and um, the, the, the thing about that is that it, it really impacts on the relationship. When two people start to focus on um, on how the relationship is working, on the dynamics of the relationship, on the intimacy in the relationship, uh, you know, they're able to make really very powerful changes in the way that they relate and, and in the way that they are. So the quality of life that it brings them is, is really um, significant, let's put it that way. And that's, I guess, what attracts me, knowing that actually in the end, you know, people are able to live much more fulfilled and, and much more um, better lives, better quality lives. Mm-hmm. So what sort of couples do you help? Oh, gosh, um, mm-hmm. everything from... Um, so I work with with the two. There are several issues that I think are probably you know get repeated with with most couples. So, for instance, sexual intimacy. Obviously, there are a whole host of problems that can arise there. Communication problems. Um, money is, all, is often an issue. Um, mm-hmm. Parenting. You know, the, the, all kinds of issues. I also work with different styles of um, relationships. I don't just work with monogamous couples. I work with couples who have open relationships, who are mm-hmm. polyamorous, um, and, and, you know, and, and everything else. So it's really difficult to define what kind of couples um, I work with because um, each, each, each couple is, is, is individual in the style in which they re- relate and interact. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really very difficult to define, um, but but basically anyone who has a, a relationship with a romantic relationship with another person that isn't working as well as they would like, yeah. um, you know, w- mm-hmm. I would be able to to help. Um, I guess primarily my focus is on intimate uh, uh, relationships, relationships yeah. know, where there is. Um, difficulties around um, connecting emotionally and sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So what happens in our program is that one person goes on a diet and the other doesn't. And this can cause a disagreement and difference in goals. How would you recommend a couple solves this? One of the ways in which we bond as people and certainly in, 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 in family or, you know, home situations is around food, isn't it? So that if people have really dramatically different diets, it can cause differences. Um, and, and I guess the thing, the, the core thing really to think about when we have these kinds of problems is communication and being able to um, support each other, whether it's uh, somebody who isn't dieting, supporting the dieter or the other way around because um, I think the person who isn't dieting can kind of feel like, you know, there isn't uh, enough space for them to, to feel free, actually, in the same way as perhaps the person who is dieting may feel put upon or may feel, you know, difficulties around um, eating with their partner. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the, the way to really to manage this is to use verbal communication in all kinds of forms and to speak about one's feelings and to kind of, and to share, you know, in, in what's going on internally for each person uh, with each other. And that's what I would encourage if somebody came, uh, if a couple came to me with that kind of problem, what I would encourage is really to, to just speak openly about what's, what's going on in the moment um, day by day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Sometimes one spouse will try to convince the other to try to derail them from a diet program. Does a difference in goals lead to a lot of problems with couples? Yes, it can do, for, for all the reasons that I said. The thing about eating together is that it, it creates a... Um, it's one of the ways in which we, we bond, if you like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is fairly kind of common for, for, for most primates, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, what, that's why it, it, you know, having different goals in that sense can create problems. And why, you know, I, I come back to this idea of um, communication and, and, and mutual support. And, and really seeing where compromise is possible rather than uh, one partner trying to, um, you know, pull the other, the other person towards what they're doing or, or vice versa, or even, as you say, to derail them, is really to talk about what, what it feels like. Maybe they're feeling a little bit, I would say even maybe abandoned, you know, because now you're not eating with me or you're not eating the same as me. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I feel like I'm eating on my own. So really need to kind of explore those kinds of feelings. That that's I think that's where the problems would really be. There is some kind of um, almost a power struggle to try and keep your partner, you know, wh- where they are. I mean, mm-hmm. there's also some sort about, you know, if we go deeper into the problem, we might be looking at what is is the person, the partner who's not um, dieting, are they in some way invested in their partner not being not um, being as as slim or as fit as as they would like to be? Is mm-hmm. there something going on there? You know, mm-hmm. And again, it's something that would need some therapy, you know, some conversation with a therapist to really explore what the underlying issue for wanting yes. to derail, yeah, mm-hmm. wanting to derail your partner, absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. So one of the great things about you, Lena, is that you offer Skype sessions. How does that work for you? Is it as effective? 
Absolutely, yes. Of course, it, it is absolutely as effective. Um, in some cases, there can be more benefits, actually, um, because there is something a little bit more intimate. In a sense, when I'm working online via video link, I'm looking into the couple's home. Uh-huh. So I get a sense of their environment. I get yeah. a sense of what's going on for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I see how they, you know, in the way that they sit and the posture, you know, they're both kind of looking at me rather than each other because they have to look at the screen. So I get a direct view of, of their facial expressions and so on. And and it's very possible to build a rapport over online just as it is in person. Hence why a lot of relationships now actually start online because we are able to connect mm-hmm. and, and to build rapport with each other over, over a screen, through a screen just as, as we are in person. And so I would say it's as effective. And in some cases, it actually has some very real advantages. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, one big topic that couples uh, usually argue about is money. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned yeah. that earlier as well. And if one partner is spending money on health and the difference of values around money may arise, why do couples argue about money? Why do couples argue about money? That's, yeah. that's a really, it's a huge question. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we, we could we could uh, spend a very long time talking about course, that. It's, yeah. it, and I think it would be quite difficult to really... To um, I will try and be succinct and and um, you know and, and in it, I think the first thing I would say the most obvious thing is that there is a uh, and I said it earlier there's a, something of a power struggle going on uh-huh. because of course money is about value it's about uh, you know valuing oneself it's about valuing each other it's about our own sense of worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about many many things. It's about status. It's about kudos. It's about many many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a relationship, one you know, a good relationship has a good balance of power. You know, we're both uh, in a good relationship. We are both able to uh, feel that we have um, equal equal input. Equal uh, we get you know equal care from each other. There is an inequality, if you like. Mm-hmm. When inequality occurs, I think that the, an imbalance occurs, and I think money is often the focus because it's 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 a very emotive subject, isn't it? it yeah. It's, um, we, you know, we all have all kinds of feelings and, and opinions, and it affects us emotionally in a very powerful way. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in an emotional relationship, all of that will come into play. Mm-hmm. So and and there are also of course we also bring baggage from our lives um, as well. Relationship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which adds another kind of layer of of um, complication into how we feel about money from from how our family's attitudes have been mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. So the reason why do we argue about money is there's probably a different answer for every couple, but but I think at the core of it is really um, both a, a need to, to feel effective uh, and empowered and uh, a need to feel worth, worthy and, and valued. If, if that. So those, I think, are really oversimplified answers, but, but it, that, that's the best way that I can really summarize the, the whole really quite complex situation very often. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have cases where a client no longer feels attractive and um, so withdraws from a, a physical intimacy with their partner. How can um, how can the couples support each other through this? 
So this, in a sense, this kind of this this, this question, uh, you know, about physical uh, attractiveness and intimacy, I think, in a, in a sense, encapsulate the whole story that we've been talking about in terms of the struggle over, you know, what we eat and what what, what we don't eat, over money and everything. It, it it kind of I think brings it all together because our sense of attractiveness, of course, is comes, um, mm-hmm. what makes us feel. Um, well, if you don't feel attractive, it's a, it's likely you're not going to feel very sexy. To mm-hmm. put it very simply, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so if a, if a person is is feeling that you know that they're not attractive, they're not going to want to engage with a partner. How does the partner in, um, help them support support them in that? I think it, it's it's a case of really being able to demonstrate to your partner that um, it's not necessarily. Um, how slim or, or, or not they are, but that it's them, it's their inner beauty that is attractive. Because the thing is that actually what is really attractive and what is really sexy is not so much how you look, it's how you feel. There's mm-hmm. nothing as sexy as self-confidence. And so actually in supporting somebody who may feel that they're not very attractive or is drawing for physical intimacy, the thing to, to really kind of highlight is that um, it's who they are and their sense of um, self-confidence that really makes for, for sexiness um, ultimately. Because have you ever seen, you know, couples where one person is really attractive and the other person isn't? And you think, oh, I wonder what they're doing with him or her. I don't yeah. know if you've ever kind of, you yeah, know, people of sometimes course. say that, right? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it's, it's also this, this two things. It's about your own sense of confidence. That's mm-hmm. what makes you sexy. Of but course. the other thing is also how a person makes you feel. Mm-hmm. You tend to fall in love and feel attracted to somebody who makes you feel good about yourself. That's true. So, so, so those. If you think about those two things, and you think about how to support somebody who is withdrawing from from intimacy, then it's really about helping them to see that um, how uh, they make their, you know. So, let's say I'm the partner supporting the person who is withdrawing. I would say to them, you know, how amazing they make me feel, and um, how I love their beauty when, when you know, they, when they're in. in in that place in themselves that, that they feel confident, uh, whether it's an activity that they're good at or finding something that, that the, the other person is really good at mm-hmm. and being able to demonstrate how lovely it is to see them when they're in that place of confidence and and, and, uh, and strength, I guess, yeah? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and this also leads me to an, my next question, which is that how can we communicate better as a partners in general? Do you have any top tips? The one thing that, that I think the, the, the most important thing when we're thinking about communicating better is um, that you are genuine and authentic, Mm-hmm. I think what we what we mustn't do, and, and because it's not effective, is in trying too hard to say the the right thing or do the right thing. I think communication is most effective when you are or a person is as authentic as possible. By that I mean that they speak from their true feelings, um, and and in, you know and in order to, and to stay positive. I think a lot of communication is 
is negative. I, I don't quite know how to put it. We're often we're often too critical or judgmental, both of ourselves and our partners, and so our communication can come across uh, a, a little bit um, well negative. Is, is the, you know the, the best way, and I think that that pushes away rather than draws people close. So really thinking about. You know, one of my, my saying is, if you haven't got anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's really thinking about not just where am I coming from when I'm saying, um, I don't know, I love you, you're beautiful, whatever, but actually, you know, am I feeling it? Am I really feeling it? Because that will carry, the, that the, 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 the energy of that will carry in my words. That's, that's I think, would be my top tip is, is check in with yourself and, and, and really be as um, as kind and as genuine, genuine as you can yes. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lena, for being with us today. And uh, please let us know how can we get in touch with you? Okay, so um, I have a website which has everything. You can book online and, and so on. And it's um, just uh, linafenton.com. So my phone number, which is probably the most direct way to, of contacting me, is 07721-633-521. Thank you so much, Alina, for coming on the show. And thank you so much for your inspiring insights and helping the Urban Health Podcast keeping entrepreneurs healthy and powerful. Thank you. Thank you.